Good morning and welcome to the NCSA Mental Health Devotion. My name is Nandi Fleming and I will be your host for this morning's worship. Before we start, let us just close our eyes for a word of prayer. Dear Lord Jesus, um, we are so human and frail and we struggle to live our lives to the best of our abilities. We struggle to, to live our lives with meaning and purpose and to execute the things that we have planned. And Lord, you know, we don't really understand why it is that we are like Paul that says the things I want to do, I, I don't do them. And the things I don't want to do, I do them all the time. And and I just pray, Lord, that we will be able to be strengthened by your grace and your mercy. And Lord, that we will keep focus in order to live our lives successfully. And where we fail, Lord, please forgive us and give us the strength to carry on and teach us, Lord, how to be successful people here upon this earth and for your kingdom to come is my prayer in your name. Amen. I'd like to start off by reading a verse for you that comes out of Deuteronomy chapter 30, verse 15, that says, Today I am giving you a choice between good and evil, between life and death. The title for my talk this morning is, What Motivates Your Life? Have you ever asked the question, what's the point of life? What's the purpose of life? Um, with so much evil and heartache going around and people disappointing you, perhaps you have said the words like King Solomon, you know, it's all just a chasing after wind. What's the point of life? Um, is there really something that's going to give us satisfaction and hope and, and, and love and peace and, and, and all of those beautiful things that we, we do want in life? So I want to just spend a little bit of time this morning talking about what motivates you. And I want you to stop and ask yourself the question, what motivates you today? Where have you found your sources of motivation in the past? Have you been motivated or are you like some of us who struggle with motivation to say, yes, I do have goals set aside. I do have a plan. I do have a schedule, but I don't feel motivated. I, I, I struggle to, to get that energy, that, that power, that source that drives me, that, that thing that I can connect to that just gives me that fuel to go through the day. So I want to ask you a few questions about life and the things that you do and what motivates you. So when it comes to your personal well-being, what makes you get up in the morning? What motivates you in your own personal life to live a healthful life, to exercise, to look at your eating and drinking habits in order to live a healthy life for yourself? What motivates you in your home life um, to do the small boring tasks that lays ahead in the day, things like the dishes and, you know, making the bed or doing and fixing that light that you've been promising your wife that you would have done long time ago. So what motivates you in your personal life? What motivates you in your home life? And then what motivates you in, you know, your family? You know, what keeps your family meals going? What keeps your family worship times going? What, what pushes you to, to, to do these things which you have set for yourself to do? What motivates you at work? You know, studying, learning, completing the task that your employers have given you. What motivates you there in the world? Um, and then the last one that I would ask is to say, what motivates you to be spiritual? What motivates your relationship with the Lord? To read your Bible, to pray, um, to listen to sermons, to do those things which are spiritual and taking time to connect with God, being quiet and, and, and just allowing him to speak to you. So, so my questions that I'm asking just is we are motivated in various areas of life. Some areas of life we are more motivated than others. Um, some of us are more motivated for self-growth. 
Some of us are more motivated when we are at home and we have home tasks to do. Others are more motivated in the areas of life that pertain to work and success in our our jobs. And then others are more motivated in their spiritual lives, you know, to to push to be spiritual and to gain that which God wants us to gain. And 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 we ha- are motivated in various areas. And one area you might be more motivated than the other. And to ask yourself what motivates you more in that area as opposed to the others. This will give you a bit of insight into your own life and into your own being up until this point. So what have you been doing successfully so far in the sense of motivation? What area of life have you been pushed in or perhaps not pushed in? Why do you do the things that you do? And this is really going to give you the answer as to what motivates you. If you answer something like, because I'm used to it, because it's the right thing to do. I don't really have a choice now, do I? It's expected of me. You know, I don't really have a reason why I do it. I just do it. Or I don't really know why I do it. This means that probably right now in your life, you probably coasting along, which means that you're not really living life with a definite purpose. You don't really have something specific that you are aiming at. You are merely existing and not living with a definite person, purpose. And, and you need to be careful not to get stuck in just the mundane routine of life, just doing life because you have to do it, just because the sun rose, you are getting up just because you have to get up because it's expected. Um, you know, this is not really living a life in a motivated way. That means that there's not something that's pushing you you accept the fact that it's expected of you. And and this is really living life in a very aimless way. There's a saying which I might have shared with you before that says, an aimless life is a living death. And, and many of us are alive, but we're not truly living. We're doing things, but we don't really know why we are doing them. And this can really demotivate you. This can really get you to a place in your life where you say, is life really worth living? You know, why am I doing all of these things? And, and sooner or later, you can push yourself to work hard and to to get to your goals and your dreams and your aspirations. But if you don't have something that you are aiming at, if you don't have an overarching theme in life that drives you or pushes you, you're going to end up giving up on these goals. You're going to do them for a while. You're going to enjoy them for a while. And then you're just going to say, oh, what's the point? What's the point? I've reached my goal. And now what? What, what? what have I really accomplished? And if we look at the world out there, many people who live their lives in this, this kind of just pushing a dream, fighting for something you know, that doesn't really bring meaning and purpose to their lives end up achieving their goals. They end up being rich. They end up being famous. They get that job that they want and they end up feeling miserable. They end up feeling that, why did I even do these things? So I, I don't really want to only speak about our purpose and our goals in life today, but, but really what is going to motivate you? And it is really your goal and your purpose in life, your overarching goal and purpose, not the small little ones you have throughout the day, but it's that overarching purpose, that theme in your life, that aim that you are aiming, that overarches all the other decisions that you make in life that's going to drive you and motivate you. You see, many of us do have goals that we want to achieve, daily goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, even our goal for our entire lives. Um, But we struggle to have a one overarching theme or goal for our life. The things that 
put us into that first gear that jump starts the day that jump starts all the other smaller themes and goals within your life um, what is your pursuit in life that you are aiming for so if you go and listen to motivational talks and I'm not saying that all motivational talks are bad but when you go to motivational talks sometimes they give you advice as why you are lacking motivation and they might say something like it's because you don't love what you do if you if you can find that thing that you love doing then you will be motivated to do it but the truth of the matter is is that it's difficult to find love in every single thing that we do um there are things that we are called to do within our life that we don't like doing um life is not just full of pleasures and things that we enjoy doing um and they might say something like you know you find one person that's motivated to do the dishes while the other one is not and it's because they say that one person thinks about dishes in a different way they don't think about dishes as a punishment but they think about the joy that you get after you've done the dishes um in other words don't be focused necessarily at the task at hand but be focused on the joy that you get after you've completed the task now this is all good motivation it's all good advice but the truth of the matter is is, is it it's difficult to do that it's difficult to just focus on okay yes i'm going to enjoy the clean house after i've done the dishes um it it's difficult to just focus on the 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 goal and then the reward at the end so so they might say things which is not always bad advice but they might say things like um focus on your goals you know to achieve your goals you must be positive in your thinking when you do something see the positive in the thing that you are doing don't focus on the negative of it you know the the punishment versus the joy um focus on the reward at the end be creative in the things that you do because if you do it in a creative way then you'll enjoy it and you'll be motivated to do it be assertive about what you're going to do in other words say i'm doing this now and i'm sticking to it until i'm done be decisive in your goals make a decision and do it um use energy and enthusiasm to push you to motivate you have a hunger for knowledge so that you can grow um you need to have a good self esteem they would say you know um feel good about yourself because if you feel good about yourself you'll be motivated to do more now all of these things may be true in in certain ways and certain methods i'm not saying don't focus on these things but the problem is when you focus on all of these things it becomes very overwhelming you know how do i remember all of these things how do i remember to be goal oriented to think positive to to focus on the reward to be creative to be assertive and decisive and and have energy and have enthusiasm to grow and and it just becomes so much that at the end of the day I'm just like ugh I can't do this I'm I just give up it's it's too much to remember Now as I said this is all good and well but many of us struggle to think positively in our own. You know, I I can't even think positively even when it's something that I enjoy doing. You know, we we struggle with these types of things. And a lot of this advice that is given um is self-focused as well. Um on what we must do. You know, you must be goal oriented. You must focus on positivity and be creative and you 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 you. And and I really do believe that we're setting ourselves up for failure when you focus so much on what we have to do. Um they even would say something like it's been proven in research that you can influence your own levels of motivation and self-control. Now for some people, you know, they might be able to do this for a little while, but I have realized that I can't do very much in and of my own. You know, I am weak. I am I am I'm selfish, I'm lazy, I'm 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 prone to do the things that give me joy rather than the things that I have to do, and I can't even motivate myself to brush my teeth every single day. Um so so how am I going to do all of these other things, you know, if I can't even do that which is actually important for myself and for my own health? 
Philippians 4 verse 13 gives us the, 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 the little silver lining that is missed by many. It says, um, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And I think a lot of times we, we leave God out of the equation. We forget that, that it is God that motivates us and drives us and gives us the strength to do the tasks that lay ahead of us, to do those things which we have set up as goals throughout our day. And we need to set up goals that add value to our lives. And the true value comes from God and things eternal and not things of temporary life. You see, we, we have to have this overarching thing theme of of the greater goal in life the things of god how do my goals in life fit into the bigger picture of the goals that god has set out for me how do my purposes and my things of life fit into god's purpose for me you see what we often forget is, is that in order to live a purposeful life is not just setting up a purpose for yourself it's not just about your own goals and your own motivation but you know our goals and our tasks that we set out every single day for ourselves to do has to fall within the bigger plan that God has for our life for that day and for our life as a whole. Um, We set a lot of goals for ourselves and the reason I believe that we don't stay motivated is because our goals are very selfish. Our goals are very much focused on ourselves instead of asking what is God's purpose for my life today. Isaiah 26 verse 3 says you Lord give perfect peace to those who keep their firm purpose and put their trust in you. In other words, it's saying that, um, yes, there is a purpose to life and we need to have peace by putting our trust in God that he will accomplish this purpose. Second Timothy 1 verse 9 says that he saved us and called us to be his own people, not because what we have done, but because of his own purposes and grace. In other words, the Bible is telling us that God does Um, what he wants because of his own purposes, because he has certain goals and things in mind for us. He saved us with his own purposes in mind. And and we need to realize that the reason we are alive today is to fulfill the purpose that God has for your life. Now you might say, but Nandi, I don't know what God's purpose for my life is. I don't know what what he wants from my life. Um, But I'd like to tell you that our goals and our purposes that God has for us is is very unique. It's, It's not an overarching purpose in the sense of, you know, that we live, everybody lives their life in the same way. God has a very specific, unique reason that he has made you, created you with your specific temperament and personality and with your specific dreams. And I always tell people, if you're not sure about your purpose in life, ask yourself what deep down inside, what spiritual push have you been feeling since you were young? Um, What goals and dreams do you have? And how do those, you know, let's call them earthly dreams and goals fit into the bigger picture of what God wants for your life. Um, what God wants in terms of salvation, what God wants in terms of helping others and, and fulfilling his purpose for this world. You see, God came to this world for a very specific purpose. His purpose was to save us from a sin of life and to reunite us with him. Now, how does your purpose fit into that bigger purpose of God? Um, how is that which you are doing today, bringing people closer to God and, and saving them for eternity and helping yourself and others to bring yourselves into a closer relationship? with God. How is your day today going to fit into that bigger purpose? 
So I believe that um, the reason that we struggle with, you know, being motivated is because we forget to ask the question, how does my goals fit into God's goals for this world and for me and for others? We don't live God's purposes. We don't even live our own goals, you know, and our own ambitions. We, we, we struggle and it's because our focus, that overarching goal is wrong. You see, there are many biblical examples of people that had different, um, God had different purposes for their life. Enoch, I believe, came and lived the life that Abel was supposed to live. And through his example, he would turn the minds of sinful men to revere their creator. Abel was supposed to do what, what, you know, to, to, to help us to get back onto the path, you know, that which Cain stole from us, that which Adam and Eve brought sin into the world. And I believe that Enoch came and lived a righteous life to show men that God will take the righteous home to heaven because the Bible tells us that Enoch was translated. You know, he walked with God and then he, he we believe that he went to heaven. So Enoch's purpose in life was to show us that, yes, the righteous will have eternal life, that the righteous will have a relationship with God to the point of where God translates them. I believe that John the Baptist lived a purposeful life and everything that he did, he did with meaning and motivation because he focused on this purpose and his purpose was to call people to repentance. And um, I think of a, a, a man that we often neglect in the Bible, a man named Cyrus. Cyrus together with Darius were the rulers of Medo-Persia. And Isaiah chapter 45 verse 13 talks about God's purpose for Cyrus's life. Many years before Cyrus was even born. Um, Isaiah prophesies God's purpose for Cyrus and he says, I myself have stirred Cyrus to action to fulfill my purpose and to put things right. I will straighten out every road he travels. He will rebuild my city Jerusalem and set my captives free. No one has hired or bribed him to do this. The Lord Almighty has spoken. This is a wonderful um, you know, way that we can look at life. Here God goes and he says, I have a specific purpose for Cyrus. He's going to rebuild Jerusalem He's going to set my captives free and not because he's been bribed with money, you know, by people, um, not because of his own doing or his own goals or ambitions, but because God had set this purpose um, for him. And if we look at history, this is exactly what happened. Cyrus came in. Cyrus took known of Babylon together with Darius. And eventually when the command is given for Jerusalem to be rebuilt and the Israelites that have been taken captive by Nebuchadnezzar many, many years ago, Cyrus is the one that sets them free. In other words, you see, God has a purpose for each person and God is not going to lead you um, to, to, to a purpose that he, you don't want. This is an interesting thing. God works with the desires of our hearts. Um, he, he, he leads us by, by that which, which we enjoy doing, the things that we, we find fulfillment in. Um, and, and we need to realize that it is a really important task that lies ahead of us to fulfill the purpose that God has for us. You see, when John the Baptist was sitting in the prison and he was perishing and he was about to die, there was no greater honor for him than to die in this way because this was God's purpose in order to make his name known to the world out there. Now, I, I don't know what God's purpose is for your life, but I'd like to tell you that his overarching purpose for you is that you should live for him. 
in whichever way he calls you to do that. If he calls you to die, then he calls you to die. If he calls you to set the captive free like Cyrus, to rebuild something which has been destroyed, I, I don't know. If your purpose of life is to show that you need to be righteous to others, God has a specific purpose for you. And you need to know that God wants you to live your life for him. This is his purpose for you. Um, Proverbs 16 verse 9 says that there is a man, a way that a man devises his own path, but God directs his step. And we need to be open to the the speaking of God's voice. You see, God not only has a purpose for you, but God even has a purpose for the wicked. Isn't this interesting? Romans 9 verse 17 says, speaking about Pharaoh in Egypt, it says, I have made you king in order to use you to show my power and to spread my fame all over the world. Um, it's very interesting that, 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 you know, if we just allow God to lead us, even if we haven't been on his path, even if we are people who feel like, you know, I'm not, I'm not a righteous person. If we allow God to use us, God will use us um, in the way that is mighty and powerful. I'm reminded of a story, um, a, a true story. It was actually in the newspapers a while back. Um, a few years back, there was terrible fires that broke out in the Nisna fire forests in South Africa. Uh, and many of the people that live in that Nisna strip, you know, their houses were burnt and, and, and a lot of terrible things happened with this fire breaking out. But there was a specific story that was told of a man that stayed in a house in a bit of an isolated area. And he tells the story of what happened. He says he knew the fires were coming, but he didn't realize how quickly they were coming. And he started preparing to keep his home safe by breaking and cutting off the trees surrounding his home, you know, clearing out the shrubs, um, taking everything that, you know, possibly could catch fire away from where it needed to be. Um, he sent his, his wife and his children and, you know, some of his animals away from the home. And while he was still busy clearing out, you know, trying to, do the best that he could to protect his home and um, clearing out even you know the, the little shrubs around his home chopping them off throwing them away he was busy using the hose pipe to to spray around the house and to spray the house with water in order to stop anything from you know catching light and while he was busy doing that the fire was you know coming very quickly towards his house and it was heating up and and he realized that he wasn't going to be able to to protect his home and and that he hadn't done everything that needed to be done in terms of preparation to keep his home safe and while he was busy wetting the ground around his house trying to still clear out some of the stuff um, he, he, he realized he wasn't going to make it so he prayed and just then as he was busy praying and he opened his eyes again he saw a man attempting to climb out of his house with his TV in his hand so this was an opportunistic burglar that had taken advantage of the chaos of the fire and was trying to, to get away with some of the goods that was within his house and as the man saw this burglar he shouted at him not to scold him but he shouted at the burglar and said to him come help me and the funny part of the story is, is that the burglar put the TV down and everything that he had taken and he actually went and he helped the man. And this man and this burglar fought the fire together until the fire had passed his home and they successfully saved his property together. And, and, and I thought to myself, if God can transform a burglar and, 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 and in a small daily way bring purpose into his life, you know, um, to, to, to do good unto others, um, to, to help others that are in need instead of putting his own selfish you know, um, ambitions ahead of himself, surely then God has a plan for me. 
if he can use Pharaoh, if he can use a burglar, then surely God has a plan for me. He has a plan for you. But the reason that we fail in the things that we set aside is because sometimes we are overworked and we desire relaxation more than accomplishment. And and we want to just finish the task at hand and then just be lazy. You know, we want to enjoy life and, and, and we don't want to think and plan and execute and, and we just want to sit and sometimes just do nothing and be mindless. And, and this is really called laziness. Laziness is one of the reasons that we're not successful. Proverbs 6 verse 6 to 10 tells us that we need to learn from the ant and how the ant works diligently towards a, a, a goal of, of, of when winter comes, the, the, the food is stored up. We also tend to fail at being, you know, motivated. We, our motivation is sapped through laziness, but it's also sapped because we focus on the wrong rewards. You see, we focus so much on material gains and, and we've realized by looking at those who have gained material things that material things don't always bring, you know, happiness. It doesn't always bring that reward that we, we want. We should be focusing on our eternal gains. You know, the Bible says store up treasure in heaven um, and, and, and fear is really also something that saps our motivation, that, 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 that steals our motivation. We, we worry about, are we going to fail? Are we going to live our life the way that we want? We need to learn to live in the year and now and not think about tomorrow and, 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 and the things of tomorrow and the fear that grips us in tomorrow. If you are struggling with grief and depression, um, this can also be a reason why motivation is sapped. And, 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 and we need to realize that sometimes it's not because you're a bad person. It's just because you're going through things in life which, which lower motivation. Perhaps you're struggling with burnout um, because you've set unrealistic goals, trying to take too much on during the day. You know, And it's because we're focusing on our own goals that we burn out. It's because we're focusing on our own goals that we are fearful for the future. It is because we're focusing on our own goals that we become lazy because our own goals are often silly goals and we focus on the wrong rewards you know not the eternal rewards it's because our focus is on doing all that we do for ourselves and in our own power and we forget that it is God that gives us strength to do that which we need to do and it is God that sets a goal for us for our future we focus on our fast fa- past failures and, and mistakes instead of focusing on that which God can accomplish in, in, uh, in us and for us we need to learn to really focus on on the things that don't sap our energy and sap our motivation. To focus on, I recommend the love of God. Because I believe the love of God is the greatest source for motivation for your daily tasks, for your weekly tasks, and for your life as a whole. You see, 2 Corinthians 5 verse 14, Paul says this. He says, it is the love of God that compels us. It's the love of God that pushes us to keep doing that which we need to do, even when there's persecution, even when, when hardships come, even when, when, when we don't feel like it, God's love drives us. We are ruled by the love of God. The thing that should push us is, is our love for him and his love for us. Uh, in everything that we do, every single day, we need to ask ourselves, why am I doing this? I'm doing this because God loves me um, and because God wants me to be successful and because I love him, I want to live a successful life. First Corinthians 10 verse 31, um, Paul writes again and he says, whatever you do, whether you eat or whether you drink, do it for the glory of God. Do it for God. Do it because you have this love for God. You see, and if you're doing things that don't fit into doing it for God, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it. 
If what you are doing is not something that you can do for God, maybe your goals are incorrect. And that's maybe why you don't have motivation. I think of the example of Jesus. I believe that Jesus was very motivated in that which he did. And, and he lived life with purpose. You see, if we look at the life of Jesus, we find him often on the mountain preaching. Um, he goes to people's houses like Peter and he heals the sick and the lame. And, and, and when the sun goes down and Sabbath is done, he goes again and he starts again, even during the night, ministering unto the crowds. And, and he ministered unto huge crowds, things that for some of us would have sapped our energy long ago. And, and then he goes and he sleeps in a boat. And even though he's exhausted, when the disciples come and they wake him up and they're fearful, he attends to the need of the faithless disciples. He gets out of the boat on the other side and he heals the demon and possessed man and the town chases him away even though he's done something good and I ask myself the question how did Jesus keep going despite you know the 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 the, the backlashes people not appreciating what he did despite the fact that some days he were he was exhausted you see Jesus lived his life with a definite purpose he, he, he also lived a balanced life. He asked himself, is this what is in the will of God for my life today? Is this in God's will for my life today? He lived his life with a definite purpose, driven by the love that he had for his father and doing his father's work. John 5 verse 30 says, I do nothing out of my own, but I do my father's will. Are we doing things that is not the will of God for our lives? And maybe that's why we don't have motivation to do it, because it's not God's love and his will for our lives that is pushing us. Hebrews 10 verse 7 says, I have come to do thy will. God is saying he does his father's will. And we can learn from Jesus' example. Jesus lived his life with one definite purpose. And his one overarching purpose that he came to this world for and that he lived his life for was driven by, number one, the love for his father and the love for these people. And John 6 verse 40 says that through Jesus, all would have eternal life. Jesus lived the will of his father so that we could have life eternal. He was motivated by his love for his father and by his love for mankind. And he had a very specific purpose. The reason he reached his purpose, his purpose was to die for us, to live for us and to save us and sanctify us. He was driven by love and he had a specific over arching purpose that kept his focus straight. Do you have a specific focus today? Something that you are aiming at that's God's will for your life? And can you daily when you aim towards that goal, ask yourself is my other goals falling in line with that? And then ask yourself what is driving me towards this purpose? Uh, it must be the love for God and the love for others. I believe that from Jesus' earliest years, even when he was a child, he was possessed of one purpose, to come to this world to save us. And he lived and he blessed others and he did the will of God because of the love that he carried in his heart. We need to learn to live a purposeful life, to bless others and to do God's will, to be driven by love. Let love be your motivation. Focus on that when you, fo when you, when you look at that overarching goal. You know, I've often thought of the woman in Proverbs 31. There's this passage that speaks about this woman. And if you have time, go and read it. This woman that is just, you know, living her life with purpose and meaning and determination. And, and she's not lazy. And she just does everything that she puts her hand to. Every task that she can find, she she does. And she does it so so willingly. And, and, and I often wondered to myself, you know, as I read this passage, I asked, how did she do it? Why did she do it? 
and I, I know why she, you know, was doing it. It was for the glory of God and for the love that she had for him and for the love that she had for those around her. Love was her motivating factor. It wasn't because her husband demanded it or because society told her to do it. It because she was trying to earn some money or success or for the added benefits that came from her being industrious and, 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 and living out that goal and purpose. It was love that motivated her. She wanted to be that woman that God wanted her to be. She wanted to, to bless those around her that she loved. And it was love that pushed her. Today, my prayer for you is may love be your motivating factor. May you find that one overarching goal to live your life for Christ. May that be your overarching goal in all the other things that you do in, in the day. Measure yourself according to that standard. Am I living for God today? And is it His love in my life that is pushing me to reach that goal? May God bless you today as you allow His love and His purpose to drive your life. Amen. The Pastoral Counseling Department of the NCSA invites you to join our daily mental health devotions. You can subscribe by WhatsApping the word yes to plus two seven eight three six five eight four two nine six. Broadcasts will be sent out directly to your phone each morning at eight AM. Topics are centered on biblical and psychological guidance to achieve good mental health and a balanced lifestyle despite the trials and crises of life. If you are interested in receiving these daily WhatsApp audio devotions straight to your phone, then WhatsApp the word YES to plus 27836584296. And now, may your darkness turn to light as the Son of Righteousness rises with healing in His wings.